Welcome to what? Live. Show that begins every week with horrible violations of grammar. I don't know if have any of you seen the new Wes Anderson film, French The French Dispatch? No. Nope. Oh, it's good. It's good. And uh but there is <laughs> There's, anyway, it's about a, like a New Yorker type magazine. And so the staff, each person on the staff has a different personality. And one of them is the grammar checker or whatever, yeah. the grammar police. And, and they show her, uh, you remember those sentence diagrams? Would you sure. do that? You yeah. draw a line, yeah. right? You break yeah. it down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they have her like breaking down some sentence. that goes like 45 levels down, you know, it's hilarious. That's Wes Anderson humor. That's more of it. So you don't go, ha, ha, ha. You go, hmm. In a wistful. Mm. Yes. Um, What the If team rejoining after a bit of a a, a bit of a hiatus we were on uh, due to uh, all kinds of, we were all off on different planets. Um, Did you both have a nice um, Thanksgiving? Uh, Indeed. um, Except uh, one of our cats decided we were not allowed to have a cherry pie and uh, knocked the glass bowl full of cherries off the counter, shattering it, creating a, a wonderful morass of uh, cherry mush with broken glass smeared across the floor. So that was a nice, uh, you know, hour break from the cooking as I tried to get all that uh, cleaned up. That explains that incredible shriek and that sound mm-hmm. I heard. Yeah, across all across the, the burrows. City. Yeah. So if anybody wants yeah. a cat, um, <laughs> <we've got one. laughs> it's, there's there's an entropy lesson in there, I think. Uh, yes, that that's is all definitely true. All I got. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you had to try and well, I guess you didn't try to put it together, but at least gather all the pieces. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's not, that's that's nasty. Um, perhaps Maxwell's demon. As if Maxwell's Oh, uh, yes. Actually, Maxwell's Demon would be very handy to have on Thanksgivings, generally. But maybe we can do an episode on that. Yeah. Oh, that would, ooh, I'm putting that down. Um, shout, deep cut shout out to uh, one of your fine books. Um, speaking of your books, real quick. If you guys are getting gifts, and I know you are, for yourself or others. Or you can pretend you're buying a gift for others. When you're really buying it for yourself, you would love Matt's book, Einstein's War. Um, available everywhere, um, which is all. Which is what, what's the what's the one sentence blurb on that? Uh, the subtitle is "How Relativity Triumphed Amid the Vicious Nationalism of World War One." So, science, world wars, Einstein having fun yeah. and not having fun. Okay, it is a, it is awesome. Oh, and you won an award. That's right. It is now technically the award-winning Einstein tour. Yes, the History of Ooh. Science and Society gave it the the Davis Prize this year, which I'm very excited. Yes. That is fantastic. Um, and if you, you want to know more about that or you want to just just go to our website, whattheif.com, you can see Matt's book right there on the cover and click on it. It'll take you where you can learn more, buy it for yourself or your friends. Um, and you can also find all our other episodes there. So that's always fun. Uh, Gabby, how are you? Your Thanksgiving, was it uh, full of um, entropy? It, you know, it was, but a little bit less cat-based entropy. Uh, and for me personally, it is already Christmas because I got my package from the CDC the other day. I finally have my viruses that I need. I am hyped. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am literally, it was so funny. I, 
I had uh, my PI Charlie email this other lab uh, for these viruses I needed, essentially, well, DNA that I needed eventually encodes a virus, not just shipping vials through UPS. Um, and like within 15 minutes, they were like, yes, absolutely, you can have this virus. And then for three months, the CDC <laughs> took forever to like sign the paperwork and it was literally just bureaucracy. And so finally I was like, guys, I have a deadline for my committee in like January. I need this stuff like right now, please. And then they finally were able to be like, all right, all right, all right, we'll give it to you and sent it. Uh, so huzzah, I have my yeah, stuff and yeah. I have been actually productive in the laboratory because uh, my experiments are not failing anymore because I have the thing I need. So That's it's great. Yeah, I'm very excited. Awesome. Yeah, congratulations. That's exciting. I did not know the CDC. What to do with, I'd love to do something. I should some uh, a show where we're involved and we get to hear the whole system of the way things work over there. That's right. Oh, I'd love to tell you how uh, the system works. Cause clearly, I don't know because it took them three months to sign some papers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they may have. I mean, the sad thing is we must say maybe they were a little busy on other things, but I don't know. That's probably that department probably wasn't. They just blame. They just say, oh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, we got COVID, right. you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're playing Nerf. Uh, basketball. Sounds like a Hanukkah miracle, I think. <laughs> yes, it was. It was a Hanukkah miracle, hey. actually, yes. <laughs> we got... <laughs> That's a good one. That's a really good one. All right. This week, this week, Gabby, you have brought a, um, a spectacular if. And um, I'll, I'll bring in... We're going to do the, the usual exciting announcement. So so this is... Here's a warm-up, like, you know, before we... Um, before we put our feet in the little things on the track and then they fire the gun, we're gonna stretch. And uh, this is what this, uh, this if comes to us from, in my mind, it comes to us from the great state of Maryland. Uh, so shout out to the great state of Maryland where Gabby and I are both from. Are you from there? Is you also, did, were you, well, I was technically born in Florida, but I didn't stay there okay. long. Right. Um, so the the uh, subject here is that you said everything everything in the ocean i believe kind of works its way towards a certain shape through evolution or something like that what, yeah. what, what is that yeah yeah so uh there's a process known as carcinization which essentially means becoming crab uh it turns out it's a very efficient shape uh, for other arthropods in the ocean and there are plenty of things that are you know we call them crabs but they are not actually crabs uh, so it is the process of just evolving towards crab <laughs> so in, in some sense it seems like perhaps and we'll get to this more in detail as we go along but that the crab is some sort of ideal shape like the platonic ideal of yeah the ideal body shape is an hourglass it's crab at least as far as the ocean goes by the coastlines. What the if? Everything in the world became the shape of a crab or died. <laughs> If I was crab-shaped, I actually I'd be hitting more buttons. I could hit six buttons at once or something like that. So, so that was a bit extreme. I really went for it there. But uh, yeah, so Matt, you were saying, by the way, what what oh, to so, begin? We need to define the experiment. Yeah. Way. So, what mm -hmm. does this mean? What are we talking about? Right. Yeah. 
So evolutionary biologists are usually resistant to saying that evolution is going towards something. This is sort of one of Darwin's big moves, was to say that evolution isn't going towards a goal. It's kind of going, uh, building off of what's already there, but its direction is purposeless. Um, so what's going on here when we say we're evolving towards crabs? Yeah, so it's not directed. It's not to say that every creature is like looking at a crab and being like, I want to look like that. So then they hit the gym and somehow become more crab shaped. Um, it's essentially just that this is a very efficient shape for if you're around coastlines. So if you think about a lobster or something like that, um, while a lobster might be slightly faster when it has to move because it has that big powerful tail, it's also easier to grab onto by predators. Um, the sideways shape is a little bit more dexterous. Um, essentially crabs have multiple legs. Um, that they can work with. So it winds up being very efficient. So if you have an organism that suddenly finds itself in this sort of coastline ecological niche, and it's a sort of long arthropod, um, it will eventually, and it's not to say it chooses to do this, it's just that, you know, pressure, evolutionary pressures, natural selection favors uh, crabs, not crabs, yet-to-be crabs, which are shorter, they're rounder, um, they sort of have more of their limbs sort of up front as opposed to down the length of the body. Um, mm. And so eventually you get something that looks like a regular crab. And this has happened about five separate times. Uh, so th there's a really great quote. Uh, it's, it's um, I'm trying to, L.A. Borodale. I had to write the name down. It was an, he was an evolutionary biologist who described it as, one of the many attempts of nature to evolve a crab, which I think is just hysterical. It's like, yeah, they've tried a lot to do this. Yes, it's like five separate times. I don't know. It may be an indication that the the creatures, the aliens who are running the simulation that we're in are crabs. And, you know, it could be something like that. But uh, what is it? So uh, I, I feel like we could be even just, just a little bit more clear, making sure everyone is with us, everyone's up to speed. What we're saying is that evolution being each time uh, there's each time a creature is born or can, uh, it, it could it's slightly different, right? Like mm -hmm. everyone's hearing. Well, first of all, the, if, if you're paying any attention to the pandemic, you hear all variations all the time, right? So something's born. And as we all know, we're not, you know, you're not born identical to your parents or someone else, except in miraculous instances such as um, Matt's uh, lovely daughters who have done two shows with us and I suggest you go to whattheif.com and hear about what it's like to, to be born that way. Um, but each, each every time somebody's born it's a little bit different and yet I think what's interesting is in the very 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 short term you don't see, ev we don't see evolution happening, right? No. Right. And so this is something that happens over a very long period of time um and so we'll come back to that but the shape let's define the shape so gabby what how, how do you how when you say crab shape what is it what are the important elements of that that we say ah that's crab like yeah so you've for this. got that sort of round ovalish body uh what is it eight eight legs on a crab I'm trying to oh, do the math question. i think it's eight because it's claws you have three normal legs and then you have the back flippers I'm literally sitting here like a Marylander, imagining a crab in front of me on a plate. Um, Every Marylander. Yeah. You know, actually, as a Marylander who um, I found, you know, again, this is why I didn't go into biology, but uh, every Sunday 
you know, we go over to my grandmother's or cousin's house and they'd roll out the, what is it, the butcher paper, oh, yeah. you know, paper and they bring in the gigantic buckets and they put, throw the crabs on the table and everyone starts smashing away. And so my image of a crab is that it just has an infinite number of legs, all of which are going to be hurt destroyed. Me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be destroyed. But, but I was, I was such a wuss that I was like, they're, they're after me and I'll wait till, uh, I'll wait till grandpa hands me my crab meat. Yeah. Um, and so, so we're saying also the crabs, when, uh, are there crabs with different numbers of legs? I feel like that might be a... Uh, I think this is a phenomenon unique to arthropods. Um, and so I don't believe there are, but I don't want to, you know, overtly generalize crabs. I don't want to do them a disservice, you know? Yeah, they get very right. upset. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the Marine Biological Association reports... Um, that true crabs have 10 limbs. Mm -hmm. I miscounted. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. There's a good picture there. So, so I should say the designation big... true crab implies that there are imposter crabs out there. Right. <laughs> yeah. Convince us that they are crabs. Well, so yeah. king crabs, they are a false king. Uh, <gasps> they are not actually true crabs. Wow. So, so there's even political machinations here? There is political machinations going on here. <laughs> Depose of the king crab. Overthrow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the monarchy. Um, yeah, so ten legs and uh, uh, kind of two giant claws up front. Two decent-sized legs in the back. And then you kind of have three on each side, long and spindly arms. Um, if we may call them that. Limbs, I suppose. And so... Um, if this were to happen, I feel like what, what's the what's the next interesting spot in this thought experiment, Gabby? Like, where do we get to where suddenly it's really weird? So I think the the idea that I had sort of originally had was the idea of xenocarcinization, which is essentially that um, space crabs, that no matter yes. where we might go in the universe, if we find planets with life, similar ecological niches might exist. Uh, mm -hmm. Therefore, there is entirely the possibility where we will walk onto plenty of planets with coastal uh, regions, and they've all got crabs. That no matter where we go, there are crabs. They've all got crabs is not. A, yeah, is not I a realized that as hear. I said that, I was like, <laughs> you know, it will be heard at several holiday parties afterwards. I'm afraid, but <clears throat> so are they going? So when we visit the intergalactic. Um, parliament, are they going to be horrified when we walk in and we are these fleshy, limbless, uh, spindly things instead of looking like every other species in the galaxy? I mean, maybe it depends. Also walking where... erect. Yeah. yeah. I guess it depends yeah, where life winds up, you know, starting. So, I mean, mm -hmm. we also started in the oceans, but we were, we're not invertebrates. We're vertebrate creatures, meaning our sort of uh, spine are, and whatnot, our bones are on the inside, uh, as opposed to crabs where their bones are on the outside. That's the exoskeleton, basically. Right. Um, so they might be a little bit weirded out by that. Uh, we don't really, you know, invertebrates are extremely, extremely populous on the planet. We have way more insects, for example, than we do, uh, you know, species of human mm, beings. Sure. Um so if intelligent life developed on another planet and happened to be sort of a numbers game, uh, yeah, there's a, a chance it could be an invertebrate. Uh, and if it's a 
an aquatic coastline invertebrate, yes, they might be crab. All right, like so I'm kind of imagining like the old Star Trek. Um, you know, every planet they went to, the aliens all looked like humans, but with yeah. you know some cheap prosthetic added. So yeah. what? That... And usually looser fit clothing for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I, so I'm, I'm kind of imagining that we should actually rework the series such that instead of every alien looking like a human, every alien looks like a crab. Um, crab trek yeah and we just have like six crab extras who we hire to pay to play all <laughs> the aliens in all of the episodes um and then we get a biologically correct star trek oh when you said six extras i, I thought you were saying that w there would always be also some crabs that were red for instead of blue crabs they're red crabs and unfortunately they always they always, they always get eaten by the marylanders <laughs> yeah that's right no no <laughs> marylanders right. on the enterprise allowed <laughs> Yeah, that's why just keep seeing well, actually, the, the Marylanders. The Marylanders <laughs> would be like the Klingons. You know, they'd be the, they went rogue and oh, they just yeah. yeah went out there and had to be uh, contained. So, um, it, it, here's a here's a question. So, a real question. Uh, what when we talk about things evolving, like you said, it seems to be a perfect shape, or and I one you know a, a well fitting shape, should we say, to the environment. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean that humans stopped along that way? Or if that's the perfect shape, why? Yeah, why aren't we crabs now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, so we occupy a very different ecological niche. We, were, we are not crabs because, you know, we evolved from fish creatures, basically, that well, actually, technically speaking, we're still fish if you look at the taxonomy of it taxonomy is very strange really yeah birds are reptiles if a lot of our arbitrary lines for what is considered what don't technically work if you actually map out the family trees um for example there's no reasonable way to consider lizards and crocodiles and stuff like that reptiles if you don't also consider birds reptiles um yeah. so nature's weird um but essentially we evolved from fish which eventually kind of figured out how to walk on land uh, and we didn't have this sort of need to be submerged along coastal, you know, coastal areas in and among the rocks. Uh, we were free swimming. Uh, so, for example, the reason why crab is a useful shape is if you want to scuttle around around on the bottom, um, it's a little bit better to have all of your legs uh, kind of closer to you. You're a little bit more stable. Um, so, you know, eventually when we were ape-like creatures on the savannas of Africa, we figured out how to walk upright because that was more advantages to see over tall grasses, stuff like that, uh, rather than scuttling around and getting even smaller on multiple legs uh, and becoming extremely flat and round. Yeah, it's interesting. It's almost like this is this is a very uh, a little bit obtuse, but like um, in in uh, isn't it, there's a thing in mathematics called a, a local minimum. If I'm going to say this correctly, in other words that. You know, mm -hmm. there's certain stable positions that something could reach, right? As it's, mm -hmm. as all the different things. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like we, we fell into, it's like, or I guess Darwin would say, well, no, we, we evolved. We're, <clears throat> we're fitting, we fit well enough mm -hmm. uh, into our environment. Mm -hmm. um, but the crabs really are. Yeah. So the uh, biologists talk about an evolutionary landscape which is kind of a, a visualization of along the lines of what you were just talking about. So if you imagine right. that sort of the, the landscape is kind of a metaphorical representation of success and failure in evolution, 
um, you have maxima and minima, um, that is places that are particularly good. So like evolving eyes is good. So that's a, a, a high point in the evolutionary landscape that things tend to move towards. Um, and as you say, the temptation is to hang out on those successful places, as long as you're dominating your local area. Um, but there might be better areas further on, but you have to pass through some crummy areas to get to the good ones again. Right. So if we're going to turn into crabs, we have to give up things like walking upright, which has worked out pretty well for us so far. Um, and that may or may not be you know, worth it in the long term. So we may hang out here while our cats turn into crabs and eventually dominate the planet. Yeah. 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 I think they've already achieved the, the, the latter of that. But yeah, um, as we could see with your your cherries <laughs> explosion, that was a dominant, that was a dominating That was act. definitely a dominating <laughs> move. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, Matt, you are, a, uh, for those who don't know, you are a uh, sensei, you are a um, multiple black belts, and you are a karate instructor and um, guru. What? Is that appropriate? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no. Guru is not right. Instructor is uh, fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm just imagining crab karate. Oh, you don't want to be. <laughs> that would be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, that would be um, tough. I mean, crabs would be really hard to battle in hand to hand combat, um, amongst other things, with six legs on the ground, very hard to knock down. Um, oh, low yeah. center of gravity, so I can't throw them easily. Uh, and if they're kickers, then um, there's no way I'm going to be blocking, um, you know, a total of 10 limbs. Is that what we decided? Forget it. Yeah, 10. But I'm guessing wooden mallets would be banned. Uh, that's right. Those would probably be. Because <laughs> a wooden mallet, wooden you know. Moves. Yeah. <laughs> as, as we see uh, every Sunday in Maryland. Um, uh, so. What, 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 Gabby, as you see this evolution, so here's the thing. Suppose we did. So humans start evolving uh, shape, you know, say uh, uh, a human is born that's a little bit crab-like and seems to do very well and somehow manages to find a mate and continues to propagate uh, humans uh, becoming more and more crab-like in their form. Uh how do you see that horrifying act happening? <laughs> yeah, emphasis on horrifying, I guess. Um, so one, you'd need to have, I think, some selection pressure against normal humans. Mm -hmm. So as to say, yeah. there needs to specifically be a, an advantage yep. towards being a crab or a disadvantage towards being a normal bipedal human being. Um, yeah. I don't imagine we would suddenly make... Making more limbs is difficult. I'm just going to point that out there. Body plans mm -hmm. are very core um, genetically. Like they, it, it, they're, they're difficult to mess up because embryology is very fragile. And uh, if you add too many, you just basically get like a monster that dies. Um, so it, that would definitely, I feel like, take the longest. I don't know if we'd wind up with something vestigial right. first. And yet... If if we went, this is a question I've always had. So if we we've gone from fish, though, if we began as fish, mm -hmm. I can imagine a fish, and then I guess an in between stage would have been some sort of amphibian, like a frog or something. Is that right? But we we then, never became what you would think of as frogs. Ah, 
The, so yeah, what was the in-between? Tiktaalik was the, the sort of ancestral thing. Tiktaalik looks really weird. Um, I don't think I've ever heard this that, term before. What is it? Tiktaalik. Is that a person? It's a, it's a god. It sounds it, like a rapper. No, it looks super weird. It's like a weird flat-headed fish thing. And it's essentially what we were at a period oh. of time. Like, if you're looking at a photo of it, it looks a yeah. little deranged. It's like a, a crocodile seal. Um, yes. It's yes. got this sort of yes. arrow-shaped head, eyes on the top, very small eyes on the top of its head. Um, so essentially yeah. what it would have allowed it to do is to kind of look above the water without really oh. bringing much of itself up top, very much like a crocodile. Um, and it has these sort of really dinky looking legs but they're that you could tell that they're fins that have just sort of have more protrusion to them so it's the front and back fins um yeah and then yeah, a little bit like a tadpole but a little bit tadpole. yeah and it's it's still very like smooth because it's still used to going it's, it's still essentially meant to swim predominantly through the water um yeah. and it has a, a slightly wider tail to help propel it um it looks a little bit it's, like a pointy or mud skipper. Okay, yeah. That thing. I'll put a picture. I'll put a picture of that on the um, on the website. But I can already tell you that just like reading a good book, <clears throat> the image you see won't nearly match the beautiful thing you just imagined or, in your head from that. So or we were never frogs. Ever. I'll put it that way. <laughs> right. We were these pathetic tiktaliks who at least had a had a had a badass name. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty nice. I will say there's a lot of really great memes about, like, if you're having a bad day, it's like, you know, and you get back in your time machine, you just shove TikTok back into the lake with a broom, like, no, don't go on land. Um, <laughs> that's the start of all of our problems. That's excellent. That's excellent. Um, so if pe people start evolving, uh, it, here's another question. Could, we were imagining the alien races. Um, Crabs, is there something about mammals or us that allowed us to at least have the potential to grow big brains and become as intelligent as we are, so to speak, that crabs didn't have? Or might it also, might, why don't you say in evolutionary terms, they don't need, like they're, they're, they're already do, they're doing exceptionally well by themselves. They don't need all the sort of things that... Uh, they don't need language and art. Well, intelligence is a really... And other time wasters. Intelligence mm -hmm. is a really weird thing, right? So, yeah. I mean, I can't speak for the evolution of alien planets because maybe there is a reason for crabs on another world to become really smart. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm. octopi, which are also invertebrates, are really, really smart little dudes. And they have an entirely foreign intelligence development system. So, for example, people study dolphins as a system of intelligence, but they're still fundamentally mammals. Um, and so mammalian intelligence likely works similarly between mammals, whatever, I don't know, magic thing there is. It, it probably has the same origins between us and dolphins because, you know, common ancestry. But mm -hmm. us and an octopus are diverged by millions of millions of years. So whatever the whatever system the octopus is using for its essentially development of intelligence and memory might be, you know, kind of different. Although even though, you know, neuron neuronal cells are generally similar since they're like a, a basic building block. Um, like one of the things that I, I know about octopi is that they go really hard for RNA editing where we don't. So essentially they, when, you know, everyone hears DNA is the, the basic, you know, building block, it's the core of you. 
Um, but actually, RNA is the stuff that's really doing the work and dictates what you become. Um, and so if you change what the RNA is saying, you can change what the output is. And so Octopi have like a million different ways to change what the actual message is in ways that we haven't really fully figured out how they're determining how to splice these messages together. So essentially wow. from, you know... I just say because RNA is the thing that is actually doing the copying. Yeah, so you RNA can, goes up to the DNA, copies it, and... So the way you can think of it is that imagine you have a book and that's your DNA. And then somebody's, you know, writing down notes on a post-it note and that's your RNA. And then they're going to run it to, you know, the guy that's actually building your Ikea furniture and be like, all right, this is what you do next. But imagine that rather than, you know, just writing down what's in the book from the octopus's perspective, it actually just like cuts up a bunch of different sticky notes that it's written down and copied and then pastes them back together like some sort of serial killer note and then hands it to the guy right. making the Ikea furniture. And... That's kind of weird, right? You're like, how do you know how to cut, what to chop up, how to put that together? Like, it's a very non-linear system. Wow. Mm -hmm. um, and we haven't really fully figured out what's going on there. So, you know, we don't know if, you know, that means that, you know, alien intelligence systems molecularly are going to be entirely different from ours. So is this, just to get this image, which is quite fascinating, uh, you're saying it's sort of like the human equivalent is if I imagine a page on a screen, so like a page of text, I mean, mm -hmm. Microsoft Word or whatever, and I'm uh, the, the what we would do our our system is sort of the equivalent of saying that the mouse clicks on a particular the beginning of a particular sentence, drags all the way through the sentence down to the end to the period, and then hits copy, and goes and pastes that full sentence somewhere else. It all came from together. Whereas you're saying the octopus instead would have almost like it would copy a few words here and then a few words from lower down the page and then a few words from somewhere else on the page and paste all that together. Yeah, that, that seems to be kind of how their system works, at least from, from wow. what I remember re reading about it. Um, and I mean, yeah. our stuff, we occasionally delete stuff. We're like, yeah, we don't really need that right now. But at the same time, we're not really remixing as crazily as they are. Um, so, you know... You never know. Maybe there are alien crabs that are highly intelligent because consciousness and intelligence is a very weird and uh, moving goalpost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I must say, Arthur's, you know, many science fiction writers, of course, have touched on this issue in their stories, but uh, Arthur C. Clarke in particular, um, probably in more than one, but I, mean, there's, I don't want to give it away. It's a mild spoiler, but there's, in one of his stories, there are uh, octopuses have evolved to become the intelligent creatures uh, that you see on. Uh, another place or on a uh, alien craft um uh, so the crab there's octopus and the crab now the crab do we think crabs have uh, do we think they're smart i don't think we think they have any problem solving capabilities matt i don't know if you know <laughs> but i don't really feel like in my head i'm like yeah there's a crab that's really smart well, then, like many mm. jocks, I suppose they wow. have ex their their bodies are exceptionally well trained, and they just don't need the. Um. Yeah, I can't think of any smart crab stories. That's right. Um, hmm. Well, which is why, by the way, they are the uh, one of the symbols, of perhaps, of the state of Maryland. <laughs> just, just sort of Maryland's not a bad place, not at all, but it's sort of just like unexceptional, you know, in some ways. Yeah. Um. Uh, I'm trying to. How think. might the? Yeah, go ahead. No, I was gonna say. I think I've seen a video of the. Oh, okay, never mind. 
Um, I was going to say, I, I didn't know if it was fake. There is a photo, there is a video of a mantis shrimp, air quotes, solving a Rubik's Cube, but it is fake, unfortunately. Uh, so too bad. I was like, <laughs> it's like, it. so on the planet, the planets where the, the crabs have evolved, have, are the dominant species. Um, and we arrive there. Um, what are we going to, um, how are we going to interact with them? Well, First of all, they see us as prey, perhaps. Do, what do crabs eat? Uh, some, uh, it kind of varies. They're pretty much like omnivores. They'll eat just about anything. Yeah, uh, algae, right. bits of dead things. Uh, if you want to catch right. crabs, chicken necks, usually that you've left out That's in right. the sun. Yeah. So, yeah. Just, oh yeah, it's pretty that. nasty. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I can imagine. So we throw a couple of red shirts at them. First thing we do, <laughs> yeah, peace offering, right? right? And so the crabs are happy. It's peace offering, right? So the crabs are happy, like, mm, this is great. Um, and they probably drag the instead of they could eat them right away, but instead they drag them off and put them in a pot and boil them. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems that humans are every Sunday they that's what if we they do. Can find yeah. humans, they, they they boil them a little bit. Mm, tasty. Put some put some old bay <laughs> seasoning on them. <laughs> uh, by the way, human yeah, the human cakes. Uh, my, my, uh, my aunt Shirley in uh, Baltimore would always talk about wherever we went, wherever we went, the crab cakes were, were if they were in Maryland, they were going to be good, but they never were as good. We would always hear that they were never as good as the Pimlico hotel, oh, wow. the brunch at the Pimlico hotel, the best crab cakes in the world. So, you know, that's still on this planet. They probably use that same expression. Eh, this guy is good, but he's not as good as the, the humans back at the Pimlico hotel. Um, and I mean, what is it about this, this, uh, oh, so, I'm sorry, you know, let me change this up a little bit. If we want to, we want to take some of what we, we can look at the form of the crab, right? And we've done this in the past and said, what is something, what lessons does this creature have for us that we might be able to adapt for our own world? Uh, for instance, in, in the early days of flight, apparently, if all the if that one goofy loop of uh, newsreel footage that you always see of all the ridiculous types of airplanes people built um, are, is to be believed, you know, people say, well, maybe if we want to build a flying craft, we try to copy the way the birds flap and stuff like that. What, what's something from crabs we might say, hey, you know what, that's something that would really help us. Well, it sounds like um, uh, hydrodynamics, at least. Ooh. Right. Is that we should, um, even if we're not shaped like crabs, we should make our boats and submarines shaped like crabs. Um, because if they're, if they're so efficient and you know, their, their shape is the result of billions of years of optimization, uh, we should take advantage of that. So that sounds right. So maybe once we get our, our, um, our spacecraft out there, uh, we all have made, uh, all of our vehicles will be crab shaped, even if we're not. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the kind of thing I was thinking. Yeah. Well, in fact, I think we even see in, we know that in robotics, one sort of holy grail of robotics is insect like, um, you know, robots that, that can, um, be very tiny and strong and basically not have to, you know, they can run over any kind of landscape like the mars rovers are very fragile you know and mm -hmm. then they have wheels they have to kind of make their way around whereas if we had a um uh insect-like creature and I, I am sure that, well if first of all if you watch black mirror you do see at one point that there's a great story about you know robots that are kind of cockroach-like and uh, are able to go anywhere they want um 
and gang up on you, perhaps, if you should be caught in their eyes. Um, well, actually, it, I should it, say a good premise yeah. for a story might actually be that you know, we, we build our interstellar rovers into crab shapes because they are yeah. really efficient. And then the actual crab-shaped aliens meet them and assume that we too are crab-shaped because we <laughs> build our rovers that way. They say, why yeah. would anybody build it? And then when they actually meet us, they're horrified and terrified. I'm like, ah, who are these monsters? It's like getting yeah. catfished, yeah. the space edition. <laughs> Crabfish. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, in fact, you know, it, it makes me think that um, crab, the crab shape um, and the crab form of locomotion, so to speak, would be very useful in, um, you know, the frontier of a planetary exploration mm -hmm. in our solar system now is looking for places where there's water or liquids, something in liquid. So, for instance, Titan has, you know, uh, lakes of liquid methane, for instance, but it's liquid. Um, Enceladus um, might seems to be spouting some kind of liquid. Uh, Europa, a moon of Jupiter, looks like it has perhaps an, an ocean underneath the ice. Um, crab-like things, because what you're saying, Gabby, is that the, the thing that they're really good at is this seashore-type environment. Uh, so any place where you have land and liquid would be a place where if you could throw a bunch of crab uh, crab bots down there. Yeah. I mean, the, kind of the cool. advantage is, you know, since they're round and, and flat, you can store a lot of equipment inside that. Essentially, that's the crab and all its organs. All of its important stuff is packed into that nice neat yeah. little circle um and they can flatten themselves down pretty easily if you've ever seen a crab just kind of like absolutely like curl up on itself and just become basically a yeah. rock um that's pretty useful especially since the legs are uh, kind of more fragile um i, I guess you know the, the just rest of the thing i mean if anyone's eaten crabs you know the little legs you can just kind of like pop right off but actually getting into the crab is, is difficult um yeah so yeah that would kind of bode well for uh, a design of a thing, especially since, you know, if you're trying to use wheels, that might get a little bit messed up going underwater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, ultimately, wheels are they're great for some things, but not for others. Um, it's interesting you say that. I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, the shape, the, the, what, what a crab, if he pulls all, pull all their legs in, um, it, it's almost like an apple product. <laughs> like a, right? Like the legs are, and it just becomes a round disc. Um, except for, I guess, the claw, the big claws. No, they fold up in the front. They do. Oh, see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I had no so, idea. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. intimate knowledge of uh, crabs afforded by every person in Maryland. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, what is it, if, if, if we look at crabs, uh, what is the, the thing we, would, we should admire the most about them? Um, and, uh, so actually for Gabby, I'll ask, what, what is the trait of crabs that you find most, you know, kind of amazing and Matt, a little bit, a little bit bigger question. What is it about, um, perfectly fitting your, uh, what, what was it? What is it? Survival of the fittest, you know, what is it about that, um, th that you admire perhaps, or in some ways, how does that feel to fit, to be so perfectly into your environment. So Gabby, what, what's a trait of um, crabs you admire? 
I know as a Marylander, I want to say, from their I was going to just say tasty. Um, no, I mean, it's one thing to say if, if you know, a creature has managed to exist in, in basically its same form uh, for a very long amount of time. And I think it's impressive that, it, you know, crab as a concept has evolved, you know, five independent times. And I think it's really neat to basically just say this ecological niche has existed for this long. I mean, horseshoe crabs, although again, not a real crab, have existed virtually unchanged. Uh, since prehistory, I mean, we have fossils of horseshoe crabs that you can yeah. literally go and pull off the Jersey Shore today, and they look mm-hmm. exactly the same. Um, so I think it's really interesting how, you know, yes, uh, creatures are always changing, and, and the species of uh, a million years ago don't look always necessarily the same way that they do today. But chances are you'd be able to jump into your time machine, go back a million years, and still find a crab, which I think is nice. I have to say, actually, I, I get a little terrified when I think about those kinds of critters like sharks and crocodiles that are essentially unchanged for vast periods of time. Because the way I think about it is like a shark is such an efficient killer that it has not needed to make any improvements or upgrades for longer than human beings have existed at all. And like, how can we compete with those sorts of things? Like nature just got that right, right out of the gate. Um, And then it's like, okay, I've, I've created the perfect predator. Now I'll work on chipmunks and platypuses and see, see what kind of weird stuff I can make now. Um, So I don't know if crabs are quite in that place for me yet, but maybe they will need to be. That is is an interesting way to sort of define uh, evolutionary success in a way, I suppose, which is the, how long has it lasted? And therefore you might say, we cannot at all say that humans are that successful. It's not that we're not, you know, uh, we just have to wait. If, if you come back in a million years and humans are still there and they are just like we were, then it meant that we were perfectly formed. Um, it strikes me though that uh, we, <laughs> one thing for instance that allowed the sharks to survive that long is that they don't eat each other. I guess. No, they do. Uh, yeah. They do. I mean, they will. But but somehow they don't. They don't. Uh, not to the degree we kill each other. <laughs> what I was thinking was that well, the shark hasn't met. You know, we can obviously beat sharks. We can, we can using tools. Um, we can defeat a shark if we had to. Um, however, we probably won't last nearly as long because we use those same tools on ourselves. See, like the sharks. Uh, yeah, the sharks have not figured out nuclear there. warfare. That's the balance. Okay. That's a yeah. fair balance, I think. Yeah. Yes. Right. Well, that could be an, that's an interesting thing, actually. What that means is that um, being more powerful, having more powerful, you know, tools or whatever, isn't necessarily the best thing. The mind has to meet the, it's the mind that has to be evolved. Uh, if you want to wipe out the whole planet, yeah, that's probably right. Like no matter how scary or not, but if yeah. survive, what I mean, because I mean, if the mind has to be, you have to get to the point where you say we don't need to use these weapons. For instance, um, we'll save them for the crab planet because it's Sunday <laughs> and we just found a new crab planet. And golly, we're going down the shore. And we're going to drop some nuclear O's. I just had to throw some Maryland in there. Um, Gabby, thank you for that. And apologies to crabs everywhere. Um, especially the, uh, and, and to the chefs at the Pipico Hotel. Um, I'm sure they're still doing their best. Um, Gabby, what's your, uh, 
now that you've had this meditation for an hour on this, how, what are you gonna, how's it going to affect the way you see things for the rest of the day? It's going to make me seek out a crab cake. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's just kind of neat. I mean, I, it's evolutional landscape is something I've been thinking a lot about more because COVID, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think it's just kind of neat the way that, you know, evolutionary pressures push things uh, to, to take different forms. And I think, you know, it's difficult to talk about evolution sometimes. We always kind of come back to, you know, moving towards and stuff like that when really it's yeah, this sort yeah. of shambling random process that winds up with, uh, you know, creatures like platypuses, venomous duck-billed beaver things. Like, yeah, so it's it's all a crapshoot. Life is weird and uh, crabs are in space probably. That's it. It's my meditation <laughs> for the day. Truth be told, I have some frozen crab cakes in my freezer, which would just horrify my Aunt Shirley and my rest of my family. <laughs> if they're not listening. <laughs> Matt, how, how, is it, how might this affect uh, how you go about the rest of today? Um, I will be nicer to any crabs I run into, uh, just to um, uh, just in case they end up being the dominant species, and then I can point back to um, uh, to that nice interaction. That was nice to a crab yeah, one time. Don't wipe out my species. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's okay. There's that rule in Hollywood, I think, where it's be nice to people you meet on the way up because you might meet them on the way down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, so that, but crabs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. Um, and shout out to my alma mater, University of Maryland, uh, whose motto, who's a motto, whose mascot is not a crab, but maybe a creature we will um, kind of meditate on another week, which is the, the turtle. Turtle, mm. um, a, a creature that also just strikes fear into the hearts of the opponents. Oh, the turtles are here! <laughs> the turtles are here. Um, anything you'd like to plug, uh, Gabby? Get your booster shot. Get your vaccine. Mm-hmm. That is is my single plug. Just get vaccinated. Indeed, indeed. Are, are you changing behavior at all with the just uh, in the current period where there's a new variant and we don't know much about it? I mean, in general, I never really scaled down much of my normal behavior. Like, I don't interact with a lot of people outside of my... I mean, I have a slightly expanded bubble, but to be honest, it's, it's lab roommates and then maybe, like, one friend. Um, I I mean, general word of advice, don't panic. Um, the thought is that, yes, it does seem to show some immune evasion because it has some hallmarks shared by lab-made, you know, stuff that we've tested in the lab that shows immune evasion. But at the same time, complete immune evasion also means that it's a really crappy virus. So yeah. it's, you know, yeah. the, the virus is, again, playing a game with evolution. It has to try to avoid the immune system and has to still be successful. Um, and so ultimately, don't freak out like, oh, why am I getting a vaccine now? Because there's going to be another one. No, the vaccines help. Ultimately, it's really what keeps you out of the hospital. And yeah, um, yeah it's... Just it's not gonna it's not gonna become a murder virus. Viruses aren't evolving to become worse, uh, and especially not this. This the selection pressure is not gonna make it become, you know, all of a sudden an apocalyptic super virus. No, if anything, it's going to become even less pathogenic and just become like a common cold flu thing. So get your vaccine. Try to not give it to other people. Definitely don't come in if you know to work if you've been sick or exposed. You know the standard stuff we've been doing for the last. You know, however long. Yeah, yeah. Like I was gonna, I was gonna go on a trip, but it was a trip I could postpone, and I was like, you know, let's just wait. 
Let's wait. Yeah, wait that's smart. I'll need to be drag, dragging this. Thing. Matt, anything you'd like to plug this week or, uh, or any medical need... advice you'd like to offer? Um, I don't think I'm doing anything public anytime soon. Um, uh, as for medical advice, uh, avoid um, eating cherries full of broken glass. Mm. Ah, good advice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It is a delicacy, yeah. but right. don't. happens yeah. to a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, hope every, all of you out there are having a fine holiday season. If it is a holiday season where you are, if it's not, I hope it's just a fine season. Uh, as we as we reach the uh, we reach the end of the Julian calendar mm, coming up, right? Is that right? That'd be interesting. Well, um, we have uh, we have some fantastic guests coming up, by the way, um, uh, soon, and so stay tuned for that. Uh, on whatthef.com, as I said, you can find all our all our episodes, and you can also write us there, uh, or you can just shoot us an email directly. Feedback at whatthef.com, and we are on Twitter at whatthefshow, um, and we love hearing from you. So, uh, any questions for Gabby or for Matt? Um, any just uh, comments about me? You feel free to just throw them in. Uh, so, as we think about this world in which crabs have become the dominant species in our world. Oh, not, but, but the if, if the if were a creature, and if we imagine the if becoming, in fact, it may be that the if is the oldest, one of the longest living things uh, on Earth anyway, um, and, and is so malleable, is changing. So if we imagine all of these ifs, all the things that we might all the questions we might ask, all the things we might imagine, all the possibilities coming up to the boardwalk at Ocean City and uh, coming near us as we're trying to have our brunch. What, what, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Uh, Matt, I assume we yeah. shout in terror, but slowly so as not to alarm the crabs, <laughs> uh, the name of the show, so we would scream yes. out. What the is? Enjoy your crab cakes. Put some old bay on them. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>